Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy Podcast with me, Alison Perry. Welcome back. My guests on this episode are Izzy Judd and Harry Judd. Harry, as I'm sure you know, is the drummer in McFly and earlier this year, Izzy published her second non-fiction book, Mindfulness for Mums. So similarly to last week's episode, this is in two parts. I initially met up with Izzy and Harry back in December in a meeting room at the Penguin Books offices. But then so much has happened since then that Izzy and I decided to catch up on the phone a couple of weeks ago. So in the first part of this episode, Izzy, Harry and I chat generally about family life. We touch on the fertility journey and Izzy talks about writing mindfulness for mums. You can find out more about their fertility journey, by the way, um, on an episode that I recorded with Izzy back in 2017. And then in the second part of this episode, Izzy talks to me about what lockdown has been like for them and how using the mindfulness techniques in her book has helped her ride this slightly chaotic time. The book's packed with exercises and tips, which I found so useful during lockdown, which we talk about later in the episode. But first, here's my initial chat with Izzy and Harry. Welcome, guys. Welcome, Izzy and Harry, to the podcast. Thanks for having us. It's nice to see you again. Yes. Um, Nice to have a bit of a catch-up over a cup of tea. Um, Right. I want to know, uh, first things first, Izzy... How do you think Harry would describe you as a mum? Oh. So if I was to ask Harry, what is he like as a mum? What would he say? Oh, that's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what I'd say. (laughs) Let alone Um, what you think I'd say. I think that you would say that I... Okay, I've got one thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm looking for a word. Um, Gentle. Would you, would you agree? That's a oh, nice yeah. way of describing someone. Yes, I'd say. Yeah, I'd give that a tick. As, yeah. a, as a mum, anyway. As a mum, yeah. <laughs> um, and orderly. Gentle and orderly. Mm. Would you agree with that, Harry? How would I'd, you describe her? Oh uh, Yeah, I was going to say organised, but orderly is a, a nicer way of putting it. Um, yeah, I'd say patient. Something that Izzy has learned over the you know past couple of years. So and something she's kind of helped me with as well, patience. Um, I remember when Lola was born, it was something that I always say to people, you know, having children has taught me patience. 
But that was when Lola was like a few months old and she was a pretty easy baby. Mm. So I kind of laugh at myself then because a whole new level of patience is required when they, when you then have another one and it's a boy and then they're a toddler and then the girl becomes a toddler. And yeah, so patience um, and yeah, orderly, very much so. And how do you think that Izzy would describe you as a dad? Um, fun. Um, it was literally in my head. Was it? <laughs> it came straight to my head. Fun. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, I mean, I think she's, I'm pretty, I'd say, kind of maybe slightly overly kind of gushy you know lovey are you quite are you quite kind of emotional oh i'm very i'm constantly kind of just smooching the kids and just kind of cuddling them and you know um yeah i guess i don't know fun yeah you've always been really worried like you know how when you've had a baby um people talk about those things like falling down the stairs with the baby in your hand you know those weird when you're sleep deprived and you just think of all these awful things that's harry like even all the time. now, he's mm. always thinking of what could, might go wrong or mm. kind of fearful of them. You're fiercely protective, aren't you? Yeah, like, uh, you know, sometimes just lying there at night and just can't get sleep because I'm just thinking, oh my God, you know, oh, you know, oh, please make sure you check when you're crossing the road. Yeah, he's woken me up and said things like that. Yeah, and just like, I must remind my mum who's coming to look after them, just, you know, make sure Kit doesn't go out the buggy because he'll just run off and, yeah. you know, and, and I once, a couple of times, I just will just go to their room and just check on them and, I, you know, just put my hand on their chest and just feel that they're breathing. It's ridiculous. It's but not ridiculous though because, I mean, you are responsible for these two little human beings. Yeah. I think it's really, really natural to think like that. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I mean, yeah, so... And I just instinctively can't help but whenever I see them, just want to sort of make them laugh. And, you know, whereas we were in fact just talking about this last night. Um, Izzy had gone out with Kit and I was like, oh, how was it? You know, she took took his mower with him to do some do some chores around town. Oh, I love it, his mower. You know, and <laughs> I was like, how was it? And she was like, ah, he basically just whinged and cried for daddy for the past couple of hours. Always, oh, I mean, it's just all about daddy. Is that really, until, is that a bit annoying? Well, it's annoying in the middle of the night when it's, I want mummy. When yeah, the that's the great thing. Daddy. When they're ill and it's three in the morning, they just want mummy. I'm just like, fine, mummy. But also, you know, what Dad's just failed to understand is when it's bedtime and, like, bath time, it's quiet time, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Harry comes through the door and it's like, Oh, you don't do that thing, do you? Yeah, he does. Riled up he really does. The other day, I was just in the bedroom, and <laughs> yeah. they just start going crazy. I'm like, I'm, I'm, like I'm not doing anything. I'm just my mere presence it's, is crazy. Yeah, it's by association. Like you yeah. come in, and they suddenly think it's fun time. <laughs> exactly. Daddy's here. And also, I don't want to disappoint them and say, okay, we have to calm down now, because then they're like disappointed. They're like, oh, but daddy, you're fun, you know. Oh. Um, but I have to say, like, just to use this opportunity, Harry seriously is such a lovely dad. Like, he really, you really do, like, at the moment, you're really helping Lola with her numbers and letters, and you're really engaging, kind of, we've we've really worked it so that we work as a team rather than, you know, it, one or the other, it's... it's do you have, really like, different it. rules? Like, do you, do you think, frankly, you've kind of naturally gone into, obviously, you're the fun one, but do you, but in terms of just, like, things you do with them... Have you naturally kind of got into a bit of a groove? Yeah, definitely. And I think that that sort of transfers into just life as well, not just 
literally with the children with everything else that goes on in life and that's been a, a process of kind of you know figuring that out um because you know again something you know i've talked about over the past just months even is how much our lives change not just because of children but now because izzy has this kind of whole new career as well and so you know pre-marriage izzy left her group Ascala, you know who'd been very successful and she decided to leave the group she didn't want to do the traveling anymore and we you know moved into our first um, house a flat together and she was very much just like i can't wait to be a mum we were we were getting married and we thought you know is he just wants to be a mum and i'd i'd be off in mcfly you know and and then suddenly we had children mcfly went on like a two year break and izzy was like crazy busy and it was totally different to what we'd expected so i suddenly had to step into some roles that i wasn't thinking I was going to have to do which I found really difficult you did know? you yeah really difficult because well not from like an emotional oh my gosh this is so hard just wow this is really tedious and boring you know but you know I, I love that a guy can just say that don't you but then it's true no but I mean as mums we we will have a day where it's like oh that's really tedious yeah but I love how you can just say that and just be absolutely fine with saying that. Yeah, and not feel at all guilty. Yeah. Especially, I think, when you have, you know, struggled to have a baby, and perhaps you've had IVF or any kind of treatment, I think sometimes you can feel guilty for finding elements of it mundane and boring or hard, mm -hmm. because you Definitely. think, actually, I should be cherishing every moment. Mm -hmm. And so much thought has gone into, um, you know, just having a healthy pregnancy and not that much thought about what how life is actually going to change. Yes. And within relationship and everything. Yeah, um, massively. But in terms of the roles thing, I think, yeah, you know, I mean, just from a, like, I don't know, on Sundays, I'll take them swimming, Izzy would rather just stand on the side and watch, you know, and that's fine. And we're, that's just kind of what we're like in life. I'm and with you on that. <laughs> just, yeah. She just wanted to get <laughs> Let the dads go swimming. She just want to get her hair wet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know doing with the whole getting wet thing uh, and then drying and getting oh, kids it's dry. it's such a faff, isn't yeah. it? It's grim. Um, but, you know... Izzy, I do do it, though. Do oh, you do every now and again, you do do it. But when we did it the other day, you are like, oh, this is fun. I was like, I told you, because of the joy you see in the children. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's classic, like, Izzy just... It's brilliant. You know, I think we kind of tag team, like... She'll just be like, nope, it's fine, I'm taking them, and off I go. And then she just boshes the tea time bath, just boshes it, done. Whereas other times, I think we kind of divide and conquer. Other mm. You know, I'll take one till she, she'll take one. Or like the other day, I'd kind of been out for a couple of hours. I came back and Izzy had been with them for like three hours. And, you know, and that from, from Kit's nap to like six o'clock, you know, that's a stint. Yeah, and it really fine is. to carry on. But I got home and I was like, and the, kit, the kitchen was just a complete mess. And I was like, right, I can really help out here. Yeah. So I just cleaned up the kitchen unstacked the dishwasher stacked the dishwasher just came upstairs didn't even say anything to Izzy and just took both the kids and went upstairs and and you know and it's you don't even it didn't even acknowledge it she just went downstairs still had plenty of her stuff to do herself and then when they're finally in bed it's like thanks for that it's like, yeah. yeah it's okay um, and I'm I'm not saying oh okay I'm amazing it's just I, I think I've finally figured out that those little things are actually really helpful yeah. and it's learning I think I've learned to communicate what's helpful because sometimes I think there's an expectation that you just think that 
you un- you know what yeah. each other well, feel they, and actually, well they should know yeah and you get a little bit kind of like well I'm not going to tell you I know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's it so well, I, I do think... the same Izzy comes in when I've been with him for a few hours and I'm like my patience is starting to flag a bit oh. and I'm like oh god help you know and, and Izzy will just be like I'll take over and you get downstairs yeah. you know so good mm. but the loveliest times are when we're both with them and you know you're in a different environment and you can kind of enjoy it all together um I mean, God, you know what it's like. You've got twins, so yeah. It's I think pretty... divide and conquer is absolutely the way forward. Yeah, yeah I yeah. take Kit down to the tip. Uh, yeah, take him to the dump, get the car washed. I take him outside. We clean up, sweep the leaves. You know, he just loves that sort of thing. Mm. With Lola, it's you know, doing do some colouring and or go do some jobs with mummy you know it's yeah so we I think we've got a pretty good rhythm going that's really good um Izzy you mentioned that you were kind of focused focused so much on healthy pregnancy that you hadn't really had time to think about I guess Mm. the realities of having a baby and being a mum um do you think that that made did, did that make motherhood harder for you to adjust to do you think yeah I I really found those I mean I would say Hormonally, I was all over the place after Lola was born. Um, And I just didn't really cope. I just find those first 12 weeks so hard. The breastfeeding, particularly. Um, You know, people kind of say, is Lola sleeping? And I'd be like, yeah, she's sleeping like a dream. But I am not sleeping at all. I just, you know, she was actually very straightforward. But Mm. I was really struggling. And... I mean, I remember, like, meeting up with NCT friends quite soon after. You know, you just pop to a cafe. And that, for me, was so traumatic. And I remember just walking home in floods of tears with Lola, just thinking, how is everyone else surviving? I can't... um, And really, I probably was the kind of character that just should not have left the house. Mm. good. You know, some people need to get out. I think maybe, for me, I just tried too much too soon. Needed to just nest in. I think maybe... And just get the breastfeeding established and sorted. And I just, I think was so, with my character is wanting to get things right. So I would often feel that I was failing. Right. You know, and even now, you know, it's that question of, oh, did I do that okay? Have I done this okay? Um, do you think that's... Yeah, I think as well, you're just, you know, you're very organised, but also, you know, you have, have suffered with anxiety since you were a teenager and that's probably something you under or we underestimated I think you know you think with a child just becomes happiness and like mm. contentment and oh everything's just going to be great when we you know especially when you have struggled to conceive yeah I think yeah. that you think well that's that's the goal and we're, yeah. we're, we're getting there we're achieving once it. it's there everything will be fine yeah. and, and in a sense it is um because it almost gives a slight explanation as to the meaning of life you know having a child it's incredible but mm. I think, yeah, for anyone like Izzy who's sort of suffered with anxiety, it's something you mustn't maybe underestimate because of the, like you said, the hormones that are going on and the the overwhelming feeling of, of responsibility, particularly that you felt. Um, as you said, you know, some of the girls you met with NCT were just different characters and just, you know, and just slightly more laid back. And I remember you saying they, they just pop their boob out and start breastfeeding. And, and to you, that was, not that you were embarrassed to do that, but the you physically couldn't because yeah. of the pain and the mm-hmm. um oh, and so yeah. I think the takeaway thing for us is whenever I talk to other parents or people who are, want children or just got married is everyone's different 
and so everyone does things differently and should do things their way yeah um and that's just that's just fact yeah you know in my opinion also i wonder whether i mean i don't know you might not know this um but i wonder whether people who've been through fertility treatment might have more of a hormone imbalance when yeah. they become an, a mum because they've had all of that all of those hormones and chemicals and everything all the drugs kind of you know injected into them and I don't know whether that that must have some kind yeah, of effect. Or just I mean I do wonder whether you know if you have gone through fertility treatment whether it is a good idea just to have some kind of counselling along the side because yeah. you know there's an awful lot you're going through and it stays with you so even though I now have two beautiful children and I you know can't believe it there are days when I you know, jump, jump for one, you know, and hope for even one. And I think I, I don't think I have really come to terms with what we went through. The almost quite traumatic. Yeah. I don't know if that sounds a bit extreme, but no, I think emotionally think traumatic. Emotionally traumatic, mm. and just never really talked through it. I mean, you wrote your you book, know? your first book. Mm. That must have been some kind of. That, was that therapeutic it was at all? very cathartic. And also, I, we fell pregnant with my son, Kit, during writing. And I often wonder whether there was some kind of release, mm. um, you know, or something that's, that shifted or perhaps from the birth, you know, hormonally, I was just more fertile. I don't know. You did say that when you were writing that book, that the sessions where you talked about it vividly were, was quite hard, you know, quite Ooh, emotionally exhausting. Ooh. And it's it's not really something I could kind of connect with because people often want to hear the, the guy's side of yeah. things with fertility and that's a, an interesting conversation. But if I was just being really honest, I was, I you know, I just, I just wanted a kid and I just wanted, but I wanted Izzy to kind of be okay and it was just a bit, it was stressful, but I didn't have to experience, you know, a percent of what, you know, Izzy had to go through. Um, I think not just from the point of view of taking all the kind of hormones and the disappointment and the pressure and all those other things that come with it, but the actual, you know, physical instinct of, of wanting to reproduce, like mm. desperately wanting that and feeling that you couldn't. So, yeah, I, I can't really relate, even though I kind of lived it with Izzy, I can't really relate to when she talks about that kind of trauma. I mean, but it I, must I can, have been it must have been hard for you to support Izzy through all of that. I mean, that's you know that's a really hard role for someone to have. Yeah, it was hard. It was frustrating, you know. If I'm honest, just yeah. from a kind of selfish point of view, it was just frustrating because it, you know, it just pretty much dominates your life as well. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, when you get married and there's that sort of through sickness and then health line, it it kind of. Um, that was kind of thrust upon us pretty quickly. And, you know, you used to think, well, I've got to just <laughs> I've got to be patient and do the right thing here um, and kind of try and be an adult about it. And so, yeah. um, but there were frustrating times, you know, we would have argued and just because it was frustrating, it was something that kind of just dominated our lives, you mm. know, having had a really, you know, fun engagement and pre-marriage sort of just like life of just you know being on tour having fun and everything was great and then suddenly this you know and also you were at a different you know a lot of your friends weren't even married at that stage you know whereas for me, I'm a little bit older than Harry and my friends were having children so I was you were kind of not in a rush which in a way helped me because 
I didn't feel any pressure from Harry. It would have been worse if Harry had been pressuring you. Totally. Yeah, I was Um, on tour as well. We were having mm. having a great time, (laughs) you know. But you weren't, Mm. so that was hard as well. Because you kind of just want, you know, everyone to just have a great time. Poor poor Izzy was kind of in a pretty miserable place. Um, Mm. So, yeah. But here we are. Um... A lot of parents feel pressure to create a sort of like a magical childhood um, when actually, yeah, the reality, like we've said, the reality is quite tough. Um, do you feel that pressure at all? And also, are you kind of conscious of what you put out there like on social media or, what, you know, if you're doing like magazine shoots, um, are you aware of not, I guess, putting pressure on other parents mm. to create some sort of magical family yeah. um, life? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. It's been a huge um, thing for us, actually. Um, yeah, we've talked about it a lot, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, in depth, yeah. yeah. And we went through a period of about two months, I think, recently, where we didn't, or maybe even three months, we didn't put anything on social media of our kids because we just, we just didn't know how to kind of get our heads around it. You know, we'd spoken before children of, do we want to post pictures of our, of our kids? I felt really strange about it as he was mm. quite relaxed about it and... And then suddenly Izzy felt strange about it, and up, but I felt relaxed about it. It's a really, really I difficult conversation. I think I, I had a situation I where um, Lola had become aware of filming. Right. And I had always, I think in my heart, I'd always kind of thought, if there was ever a moment where I felt this was becoming um, not natural then that's not right. So anything I put out now is usually a video of her, of us singing or playing the violin. Something that's just naturally happening, but to, to kind of, for her to have to get involved on this kind of social media, um, whatever it is, at such a young age, um, I'm just a bit cautious, yeah. I think. And I think um, also, you know, writing a book about mindfulness, I want to be present in the moment with Lola and my family and Kit and if I'm suddenly like I need to film this because it's good content that's not that really kind of contradicts what I feel about how family life should you know be but equally I admire people on social media that can just they don't really think about it you know it's just a their reality their life there but for me I think maybe because I I'm a bit of a deep thinker. It can play on my mind. Yeah. It's hard though, isn't it? Because even most families, if something cute was happening, the instinct is probably to get the phone and film it. Even if it's just for your own, you know, personal, I want to keep this or I want to send it to granny or... Mm -hmm. But you're right. It is that thing where if you're constantly grabbing at your phone, because I'm saying with my twins, when they do something cute, I'm like, Mm. oh, grab my phone quickly when I send that picture to my Mm mother-in-law. But you are, you're almost like... You're changing the moment by doing that, you aren't are. you? You are changing the moment. And this is the thing. It's like when I'm at a gig and, or like if I'm performing in a show and someone is just filming every second of it. I'm like, I don't understand. You're here <laughs> for the live experience. What, you you filming it on your phone so you can then go sit in your bedroom and watch it on your phone. Yeah. Why not just watch it live, you know? And that's, I think, is he... Is like pretty honest there. I think it was the moment that we were suddenly realizing it was like, oh, oh, that's so cute. Quick, film it. Yeah. And then you like put it on social media, and you're like, why are we? What is this? What have we become? This is just, you know. And so I think we now have the kind of mindset of, like you said, 
if we if you happen to capture a moment and you think oh that's quite a nice moment and you know I share it with my followers because you know it's a night we're both kind of lucky we've got people that follow us are nice they, they don't give us abuse that's good you know we're lucky there and you know it's then when you get comments like people saying oh that's that's lovely and thanks for sharing this and you know it's nice to see your family and just really nice and you think well it's just quite innocent you know um, but there's certainly a line for us mm. you know um, and Lola's starting school in September and you know there's a security mm. aspect and I don't know I just yeah. I yeah. think it's good to think about it. I think it a is. lot of people don't think about it. So it's really, it sounds like you guys are... We've thought, over, we've thought about it too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I look at some people and I'm like, look, they don't, they do it. Yeah. I'm like, it's fine. If they do it, we can do it. And then it's like, but they don't. Oh, why don't they do it? <laughs> <laughs> you really are like, overthinking it. Yeah, and I'm like, but why? I want to speak to them. I'm like, yeah. So, but then it goes back to that thing. You've just got to do what's right for you. And yeah, I like think, you said earlier, everyone's different. Yeah, everyone's whether different. it's, you know, whether you're comfortable breastfeeding in a cafe or whether you're comfortable putting, you know, videos and photographs of your kids on social media, yeah. it's yeah. a parenting decision. It's exactly. Also, I'm like, come on. They're so cute. I want people to see that. I'm proud. Look at them. With my eldest, we don't. We've never put pictures of her apart from on the from the side or the back. But when my twins were born, I had that same thing where I was like, they're so cute. I yeah. want to just share pictures. Yeah. So until they turned one, we shared pictures of them. And now we don't. Yeah. Um, but it is that overwhelming desire to just like, I love these, these yeah. little things yeah. so We've much. kind of toned it down. It's also then when people come up to you like, oh my God, I love your, oh, your daughter Lola is so sweet. And you're like, huh, what? Bit um, weird. Bit weird. <laughs> but also like, thanks. That's, yeah. that's cool. But I don't need for you to think, she, if you met her in person, I'd say she's sweet. That's fine. So yeah, I, I'm feeling like I'm in a bit of a hot sweat about it now. Actually, <laughs> we should maybe reevaluate. I think it's balance for us, you know. Yeah. And also, I was at a, we were at a premiere the other night, and I took Lola to Frozen Two, and I saw this the, this really famous family with their kids, young kids, on the red carpet with the paparazzi and flash camera flashes, and I was like, oh, they're doing it, and he's like ten times more famous than me, so he's not overthinking it. Okay, yeah. well, it's fine. And so I picked Lola up to go and do the photos and then she just looked a bit scared and I saw this like group of 30 photographers and I was just like, no, this isn't right. And yeah. So I just put her down and then the lady from the press team was like, oh no, you'll be, she'll be fine, she'll be fine. Come, come. I'm like, I know, because if that's the only chance of this photo being used to promote your film, if it's just a photo of me, it won't get used. But I was like, oh, no. it would. No, but I was just like, I'm sorry. And so I, she didn't have the photo with me and I felt, okay, that was definitely the right decision there. Not to say that anyone that does decide to do that is wrong I just for me at that time you have to trust just, your instinct and what feels right it's the same with yeah. all things isn't it in parenting you you have a gut instinct for a reason mm. actually you've always had really good gut instincts like I remember when the children have been poorly and I've kind of been like oh I don't you know and Harry might come up with something that I haven't thought of and I and I always have to remember to ask Harry with those instincts as well yeah and listen to him rather yeah. than just be like no 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 he's often, he's often on it That's it, it is a really difficult one it's I also really think that, that, that we've almost come a bit full circle in that you know 10 years ago 12 years ago when social media was all new we, we wanted to share everything and it was this novelty and now people are starting to really value privacy so much more mm -hmm. and sometimes something will happen like a really cute moment and I'll think actually it's really nice that I can just keep that to myself. Mm. That I've I've witnessed it, I've enjoyed mm. it, and now no one else gets to see it. And that's yeah. actually quite a nice feeling. And the only times we revisit those really cute videos is every now and again. Like the other day, I was just 
flicking through videos on my phone and I was like, oh, is he, look, look, this is Lola when she was two and oh, this is Kit when he was two. And we quickly look for a couple of minutes and then the tumble dryer starts beeping and, and <laughs> you know, and so those are the only moments you really get to like look back on them. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's not even like the photographs where you can print them out and turn them into an album or oh, create a photo really. book with videos. What can you do Life with them? Life was just better back in well, the 80s, like... wasn't it? Yeah. My mum and dad's picture books, they're just epic. Yeah. They're just like these big, thick albums of like photos and yeah. It's just so nice just to look through them, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like someone needs to come up with a business idea. Maybe this is an idea for you guys to explore, but what can you do with videos? Like someone needs to come up with some sort of solution yeah. to what we can do with all of with these all the videos. videos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just I just have a, a thing on saying iCloud full. And yes. I, and I need to pay <laughs> yes. someone. I don't, it stresses me out. I start going through and just deleting stuff. No, so you click. upgrade, always upgrade. I've just upgraded to pay six, pay? Pound, six pounds a month. I pay for my iCloud now. I've, I've had to upgrade it from two pounds a month to six pounds a month and I've just paid it. But what, are you paying Apple Music membership as well? I mean, no, just, I haven't got Apple Music. Honestly, these guys, like, my direct debits to Apple are just insane. It's like they see us coming. I know, yeah. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, Izzy, yes. you have written a second book, um, Mindfulness for Mums. Um, when things are hectic and busy, is this, is this, is this your kind of secret to success? Is this when, you know, when, you know, you've got both kids kind of shouting for you and, you know, perhaps Harry's not there? Yeah. Is, is this your secret? I think, first of all, the title, Mindfulness for Mums, I've written it from a perspective of being a mum but this book is absolutely accessible to um, anybody that wants to dip into a bit of mindfulness Um, but it's just focusing on short moments in the day where you can take a moment um, just little pockets of time because I think mindfulness is something that for me having gone through anxiety mindfulness has sort of been my glue that's helped me hold things together Um, so whether that's been through um, fertility, through um, change, through uh, motherhood, um, obviously the greatest change being motherhood. But the simplicity of just being able to be present in the moment was sort of a, was like a light bulb moment for me within anxiety. That instead of catastrophizing, and it's the same with the children, thinking that the worst is going to happen, but what if, what if, what if? 
being present and just being mindful has helped me cope with the kind of chaos of motherhood and the things that are going through my head on a daily basis. Chaos, that's a really good chaos. way to describe it, isn't Calm it? the chaos. Um, so if anyone who's listening hasn't, maybe they've heard of mindfulness, but yeah. they don't really know what yeah. it is. Can you explain? Yeah, so I think mindfulness is one of those words, isn't it, that gets thrown around. But mindfulness is like, there's a big umbrella that falls under mindfulness, and that's um, general self-care. It's about, um, you know, thinking about gratitude and kindness and um, and how to, how to survive. So, for example... There's a really simple exercise that I do in the book called Calm Begins With Me and it's simply where you touch your thumb with each finger, um, so first, second, third and fourth and you just say calm begins with me. So for example it's tea time, the children are hungry, overtired and they're causing a lot of chaos and noise and whinging or crying and it's very easy to get caught up in their chaos and yeah. to want to go ah, enough you know but actually I found that that didn't solve it didn't make it better didn't make them calmer it didn't make them calmer and I went to bed at night feeling cross that I got cross mm. so having something as simple as calm begins with me um, you can you don't even need to say the words out loud if you practice it every day it's just a trigger and you can just sort of remove yourself from their chaos and just continue be, to be their calm. And I was kind of finding, wow, you know, these small moments are really helping me if I build them up throughout the day. Um, whereas people might think, well, I haven't got time to sit in a corner and, you know, meditate or do practice mindfulness for 10, 15 minutes. Oh, it's another thing on my to-do list. If I don't do it, I failed because I haven't done that and I should be doing that. Especially if you, I think if you are a busy mum, it feels like, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're up to your eyes in changing nappies or you're doing mm-hmm. the school run or it feels like you are just running around all over the place. Yeah. So is it realistic? But yeah. So for example, in the morning, okay, you've, um, first of all, if you've, had a shower (laughs) and you're putting on your moisturizer just spend a bit longer just moisturizing your face just to kind of really check in with what you're actually doing the motion give yourself a little massage a bit of nice self-care in the morning maybe it smells nice you know the children they'll be okay for 20 seconds if you just really take in what you're doing just being present and then you go through the absolute chaos that is morning when you're trying to leave the house and um, they don't want to put their shoes on and they don't want to wear their coats and Lola, I don't want to wear this today, mummy. And you're trying to brush their teeth and, you know, you know it. And you finally get to the front door and it's it's probably been, you've gone through a lot and it's only 8 o'clock. <laughs> you've gone through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you um, have. Now, when you put your hand on the door to leave the house, you have a moment just to ground your feet, drop your shoulders, just pause for a moment. And just think, you know, um, all is calm or all is well. You know, we've, we're here, everyone survived. Before you turn that handle, just take a deep breath. It might be the first time that day you've actually thought about your breathing or taking a deep breath or just stop for a moment and then carry on. And if you do all these little, little tiny pockets, they all add up and they overall will help you manage because, you know... I need this book myself. I am very highly strung. Um, I'm 
you know, don't find it easy. So I need these little moments to help me cope and survive. You've mentioned a couple of times that you've suffered from anxiety. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you've had since having kids or has it been before that? I've had um, anxiety really for as long as I can remember. But obviously, as a child, I just didn't know it had a name. I just knew that um, night time for me was scary. And it, it wasn't because I thought there were monsters under the bed. I just, I didn't like the silence. I didn't like being alone. And that's kind of when it first started. It's really hard, isn't it? So are you saying that, you know, that you recognise now that you had it when you were Ooh. younger but didn't know what it was? Yeah. That's a really tough thing to navigate as a child. Because I think I probably had something similar where I felt anxiety mm -hmm. but when you're a child being able to explain those mm -hmm. feelings to a grown-up yeah. is really hard isn't it? Especially as as a child I was obviously um, I'm a musician so I was learning I was doing you know music competitions I could stand on the stage and do a performance I was I would say relatively confident and you might stereotypically think of somebody that's anxious not to be able to do those sorts of things. Yeah. But actually, it's not the case at all. It, it, rep, it comes up in all sorts of, um, you know, different ways, doesn't it? And I remember as a child, you know, being really worried that I'd turn up to school in winter uniform and everyone oh, would be in summer uniform. Yeah. And I remember I'd be awake at night thinking about that, but not really communicating it. And um, I think with Mindfulness for Mums, a lot of it was because I wanted to give Lola and Kit the tools, should they experience similarities, to help them cope and to make them feel confident at night time and give them little ways to help just switch off mind and body and things I think that probably would have been quite useful to me as a child. So do you, do you go through mindfulness exercises with, with the kids? Yeah, so Kit's obviously still a little bit young and yeah. I say in the book, you know, they will copy you. So if I go and sit in a corner and, uh, you know, or sit on the, on the floor and just breathe for a minute, for example, they'll set the timer. Of course, there's a fight because they both want to start. <laughs> Um, and I and they will just sit and they'll they'll watch they'll observe and then there's different breathing exercises you can do um, with children. There's one in the book called Teddy Breathing. I love that one. Um, which is well, no, I mean it's it's you know something that has been used um, and but and basically you just choose a favourite teddy and put one on your tummy and on their tummy and just so that they start to get a sensation of the teddy rising and falling. Um, and all these things, you know, if you're doing them at night time, you might have had a really busy full-on day and, you're, you know, you've survived bath time, you've got them up to their bedrooms. It's actually quite nice as, for you to have that moment yeah. to just breathe. And, you know, as long, they, as long as you don't have daddy coming in yeah, to uh, exactly. get them all excited again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and in the night, you know, I often find... Um, I do like a body scan where I just um, pretend there's either a leaf or a feather, depending on um, what Lola chooses. And it just puts each part, imagine it just putting each part of the body to sleep. Um, because obviously to try and explain to a child about relaxing mm. is quite hard. But by imagining the, this just going up the different, you know, the fingers and the arms and your eyes and your ears. And then if you're awake in the night with them, then it's relaxing for you to hopefully keep your mind quiet. Um, and they have got used to it, so it helps to settle them. That's so nice. Mm. Have you guys noticed a difference in 
you know, are they calmer as children? Well, Lola often, <coughs> she'll often ask for some quiet time. She? Yeah, she'll say, I just want a bit of quiet time, Daddy. That's, want... that's amazing that she recognises yeah, that she need. Said, yeah, just a bit of quiet time, you know, we'll go and sit on the sofa together and read a book or something. Um, and she'll just say, you know, I just want to go and chill out. Oh. <laughs> um, and recently I've been doing, um, talking a lot with Lola about weather and emotions. So connecting, you know, if it's a cloudy day, you might be feeling a bit sad if it's, a sunny day you might be feeling happy but the point is nothing stays the same ah. so you know I'll say it's cloudy today Lola but tomorrow the sun, the sun might be out and you know if it rains and there's sunshine then we get a rainbow you know there's always something you know good out of and it it's helping her understand um, and with Kit when he's a bit older that that concept that nothing stays the same and that even if you're feeling sad today or you're struggling with something tomorrow it will pass and it's the same with anxiety you might be in a really difficult moment but it will pass yeah i think a lot of these things in the book from my understanding as well it is some of it is for children some mothers you know people say oh god i can't even consider that with my child they just won't listen and that's fine i think a lot of it is just for the individual the mum themselves you Mm. know and i've taken stuff from it as well so um you know, it's people will find different benefits from it. I'm sure. Um, another one that has been really helpful, right? You know, even from when Lola was before she was two, I think, was just when she'd get completely worked up, as as children do, like completely hysterical, mm-hmm. and was just a breathing exercise with her, where we get her to um, breathe in and put her arms in the air, and then when she breathe out, just slowly let them down. So we do it together with her. And we, she'd be you know totally hysterical, and I say, Lola, Lola. Let's, you know, arms in there, let's breathe, we go, oh, we just do it together like five times. And before you know it, she's like, oh, yeah. she's like calmed down. And I saw Izzy doing that. So I've used that ever since. And it pretty much works every time. And with Kit, I used to get so frustrated because he, he'd get het up a lot more than Lola did. And again, as Izzy was saying, we soon realised that getting yourself irritated just probably makes it worse so with Kit when he's totally hysterical I just just have that moment to just take a deep breath myself just to stay calm with him mm. and the, the best way he responds is when he's completely hysterical is I just cuddle him and I just in his ear quietly I say Kit are you listening are you listening to daddy and he goes yeah <laughs> and I'm like okay so and I like explain it to him and he's, and he's like okay you know, and then, he, and then off he goes. Yeah. Now, it doesn't work every time, and I'm sure some kids probably get even more worked up than Kit does, but, you know, I've worked out just a couple of really small things, you know, from, from what Izzy's taught me that have been, like, vital. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because one of those is breathing, and the mm. other one is probably the physical touch. It's probably... Yeah. What's that um, hormone that we... Oxytocin. oxytocin. Yeah. So it's probably to do with, like, an oxytocin release. Yeah, yeah, And I'm you sure. just sort of whispering or calmly talking to him. Yeah, and so you're listening and not... Because, you know, don't get me wrong, sometimes I have to tell him off and yeah. discipline him, but as soon as I tell him off, he just runs. He just turns his head the other way and runs off. And I'm not going to chase after him, like, shouting at him, because it's ridiculous. He's a two-year-old, you know. And so I just wait for him to calm down, and then I talk to him. You know, and I just calmly say to him, okay, well, you can't have your tea then, Kit. Whereas I was guilty before of just losing my temper and just 
you know, shouting. And, and then also we, we, a lot of us parent in the same way that we were parented. Mm-hmm. And back when, you know, I mean, I'm a bit older than you guys, but when we were kids, this stuff wasn't around. And, mm-hmm. you know, these sort of parenting techniques and the fact that, you know, that you, um, you know, you're, you're teaching your kids these skills. We weren't, it wasn't something that our parents had, had access to. No. Unfortunately, for, you know, for me personally, I... Well, you know, unlike his, I'd, I'd never suffered with anxiety as a child, and so I was kind of, you know, not really, you know, aware or, or felt like I would have needed that. But again, everyone's different, and some people, I think, the mums that you've spoken to so far have just found it incredibly comforting to know that, oh God, yeah, yes, okay, so it is okay to feel that stress, and it is okay to feel that overwhelmed, and you know, oh, you shout too, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And feel that so kind we're, of, we're in a generation where. Mums are much busy. You know, we're trying to do everything. You know, there's a lot going on in that head. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of noise. Um, and it's different. Life is so... You know, I often talk to my mum about that. You know, it's so different. What's what the expectation now? Um, and so I think we are reaching for, for techniques to help us cope. And, you know, there probably are um, more heightened... Um, you know, mental health issues, and, yeah. and our children are, are also growing up into that with all the extra pressures. Um, so, yeah, I think it's we've established that um, there is an amazing conversation going on around mental health, and now it's what tools can we have to help us through through those difficulties. It's yeah, it's so important. Um, and your book um, is out now, um, and um, is available in various places where you can buy books and I also I it's on audible I recorded it which is um which I love doing um because it's it feels lovely to be able to speak to the reader especially when we're going through some of the exercises I know a lot of people who will always listen to books rather than read them these days especially if you are a busy parent Mm -hmm. the only time I read books on holiday yeah I love audiobooks um, where, do you listen to them at the gym or when do you listen yeah, to the them? Yeah, the gym, uh, in bed. Yeah, you go to sleep, don't you? Go to sleep, yeah, do listen you? for about a minute. And, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then conveniently you've got headphones in so you can't hear any of the noise. I've got a friend who says the same about her husband actually yeah. he always sleeps with headphones. I yeah. think it, I have to add a disclaimer to the end of this that yes, like Izzy's an amazing mum and really calm and the mindfulness has really helped but we both still completely lose our shit sometimes. Of course, like, of course. Like, and we are with, like, you know, in inverted commas, failing every, every day still and, you know, and navigating our way through parenthood and, and I think to give some context as well is there's periods of time where we're both around a lot and then suddenly both really busy so, you know, that's why this is particularly kind of helpful for us because we are doing it a lot together and yeah. stuff so um no, yeah. i think that life isn't about and parenting isn't about being perfect every day no it's not about saying guys we practice it we, we, we use mindfulness so we never lose our shit with our kids <laughs> yeah, no. I, just, about... I think we needed this because like i think izzy needed it and hence why she needed to write it for herself because mm. it was it was that thing of every day every evening having that conversation of like i failed and i lost my temper and oh my god you know and then me having the same feelings and guilt and all of that and and actually you know this has just helped just to stay 
but how do you say it? Like calm within the chaos, I guess. Is yeah, what you say. yeah. yeah so. And I really like actually how um, when you're reading the book, it just feels like you are kind of like just going through almost like everything you have learned about mindfulness. Like everything is really succinct and crystallized in a way. Does that oh, make thank sense? You. Yeah, and the idea is that. You know, you don't need to, again, when have I got time to read a whole book? But you can just dip in and yeah. out. You can just pick up an exercise that works for you that day. Um, and it's meant to just sort of be a guide. It's um, the perfect book, I think, to have on your bedside table that you can just dip into, like, you know, of an evening before you go to bed. Yeah. Maybe when you are putting on your night cream, and yeah. your, your eye cream, and then you can just pick up and dip into it. What yeah. was nice was when you did your, um, is his first kind of mindfulness evening with like 20 mums and then did a, a feedback sheet and was like really nervous of like oh my god have I just wasted a year of my life writing something that's, that's not going to relate <laughs> no, to it no one's going to read no it gonna, exactly. and no one's going to care or get it and be like what are you on about classic and, anxiety yeah and everyone on their comment you know and people we met afterwards were just like oh my god like this one thing has really helped me and I could so relate to what you're saying there and you know, thank you, Izzy. I, I'm a, as a mum. I've, I've always suffered with anxiety pre pre children, and now with the children, or I've had anxiety since children. Or, and so that I think's so um, nice for Izzy to hear. And you know, we were on hold to this lady in the bank the other day. And she was like, "Oh, you, Izzy Judge, did you do this book?" And she was like, "I just want to say thank you." And, you know, oh, little so much. little moments like that. Like I bumped into someone the other day. I was like, "Harry," um, I'm like, "Yeah, it is me." <laughs> she's star. like, "You're you're Izzy Judd's husband." I'm like, "Oh yeah, right, sure." And she's like, "Can you please tell Izzy that I love her book and I just oh. absolutely it means so much to me." And and you know, I think it's that cliche thing of whatever you do in life, you know, whether it's writing a book or in, in a band, you know, if you can touch one person then that's a really kind of um privileged yeah. feeling to have so. and also i think it's probably one of those books where even if somebody flicks through it and just gets one thing out of yeah. it that they remember and it sticks in their head and they then do mm-hmm. every day that's worth exactly the cost of the book and it's worth you writing the book yeah and with or without children as well i'd say definitely there's certainly exercises in there that adapt um but that's it for me it's just to be able to use um, my the kind of social platform, so that's so important to me with the fertility that I could reach out to communities and and again with mindfulness for mums that it that it might be helpful and it's sharing something and making us feel stronger together. Um, and as you say, if it's one exercise that just makes their day a bit easier, then that you know means everything to me yeah. job done yeah um yeah thank you so much guys it's been a joy to talk to you thank you thanks for having us thanks for having us izzy hello welcome back thanks for having me alison so we chatted i don't even know when it was because time has turned into this weird every day feels like a week but yet time is going very quickly kind of other dimension but we spoke a while ago me you and Harry sat down and had a chat and I wanted to catch up with you and find out what what life has been like since I mean how's lockdown been for you? So I always like to try and think of the positives um (laughs) (laughs) living in a household with not only a husband full time <laughs> but also um two children under 5 mm. um i think what i've really discovered is that 
I really needed to slow down. Uh, I really, a lot of the things that would keep me up at night where I'd be thinking, oh, I wish we could have more family meals together or I wish I had a bit more time without feeling the pressure um, of, of other activities. And, you know, lockdown has given us that. It's given us all a completely different perspective and and an insight into what we can do with a cardboard box which is also (laughs) (laughs) who knew there Um, were so many things you could do with a cardboard box (laughs) exactly um but I think you know we're as as mums and parents we're all being challenged we're all being stretched to our limits in terms of what we can deal with emotionally um physically I think you know we are expected to work uh, look after our children in some people's cases homeschool um, we are permanent cooks we are uh, cleaning we're tidying we are juggling more plates than we ever have so I was kind of grateful that I had um, a few tricks up my sleeve with uh, mindfulness for mums and in fact one of the things that you wrote in mindfulness for mums is that it's for anyone who feels that they've been thrown in at the deep end of motherhood mm. and it kind of feels like we're all in the deep end right now doesn't it we're all in the deep end but I think what lockdown has done is it's allowed it's kind of given us permission to really say how hard we find things because everybody is in the same position so it's almost allowed this sort of open dialogue with your neighbours, um, with your family, with your friends. We've never been in a situation where actually we've, although our situations might be different, ultimately we're all being challenged in completely new ways. Um, but we're all facing the same, the same challenges and the same difficulties, you know, being separated from people we love, um, being the demands the expectations on us it's it's enormous and I you know I really sort of worry about not only sort of the mental well-being for our children but also for us after this because so often it's what happens after these sort of situations when we have time to reflect that it really impacts definitely definitely Mm. how have you been chatting to Lola and Kit about this I mean Kit's probably a bit too young to really understand but Lola must be really aware of not being able to see her friends or go to the park yeah Kit exactly so Kit is none the wiser and just thinks it's great that he's got well mainly dad daddy to himself most of the time (laughs) um mummy doesn't really get a look in but um Lola yeah she definitely understands Harry and I kind of made a decision right from the get-go to just talk about it really openly um if we had worries or anything to just sort of express them so that it became a very normal conversation and that you know we weren't kind of hiding it behind doors and that that's what felt right for us personally um as a family to kind of handle it I did feel slightly we were out for one of our kind of permitted walks the other day and someone was... I like how everyone always caveat I know. It was our one permitted, permitted walk. walk. I know, exactly. <laughs> um, and we uh, we were walking along and Lola, there was somebody that came towards us and Lola kind of backed up and said, mummy, mummy, someone's coming. You know, and I sort of said, it's okay, sweetheart. We'll just move to one side. They'll move to one side, then we'll carry on. And she'll kind of say, it's the virus, mummy. And I'm like, yes, it's the virus. And so I don't know. I mean, who knows what the right way is? We just do what I guess we think is is right at the time. But 
their behavior is definitely reflecting how I think we're all feeling there's frustration um a few changes to their sort of usual temperaments they they're getting um you know talking a lot more about when can we see granny when can we see our friends you know will I be able to have um you know my friend over for tea and when can I give you know uh granddad a hug those sorts of things are definitely coming up yeah, I don't know about what it is like for you with your... Because obviously you've got a slightly older daughter, haven't you? Yeah, so my eldest is nine and she yeah, she's really missing her friends. And even though she's got two younger siblings, they're, they're like 18, 19 months old. And so <laughs> they're fun mm. up to a point. But then she's, yeah, she's missing having... Just being able to play with her friends and it's... But yeah, like you, we're being really honest with her. Not to the point where we're sitting her down and making her watch like BBC News 24 and scaring oh, no. her. But we're like, you know, but we're, she, she's very well aware of what's happening. And as we're getting updates, so things like the schools reopening and all the uncertainty around that, we're kind of just being honest with her and saying, like, it's, it looks like some of the years will, will be going back soon, but your year mm. might not be going back until September. And just trying to be kind of open but really matter of fact and reassuring I think for us that's that seems to work and I think probably as a generation where we probably talk a bit more like that don't you think as families I mean when I think about like looking back to my um, brother's accident so Rupert who suffered a car accident when I was 12 lots of those sort of heavier conversations tended to happen not behind closed doors but but really because they felt it was protecting us from, you know, not wanting us to hear the difficult stuff. Um, Well, that's like adult conversation, isn't it? And I think it was that desire to protect children from stuff that that was seen as being for grown-ups. Whereas I think these days we're much more kind of, well, no, let's chat about it and let's prepare our kids for all of this stuff rather than them almost being shell-shocked by it when they grow up and suddenly it's like whoa what's all well this? and also I think children are really intuitive and I think mm. they pick up on moods so mindfulness how have you been using mindfulness in the past few weeks because it feels like there's been all these extra pressures and like you said before you've got some tricks up your sleeve you've got some tools haven't you some t- tricks up my sleeve I have been doing a lot of calming breathing not only for me but also with the children so um obviously connecting with the breath really helps to calm down the nervous system and sort of connects mind and body and it's we hear a lot about making sure that we take our physical exercise which is of course really important for our mental well-being but Mm -hmm. mindfulness is a tool almost for the mind so it's it's practicing it every day I think you know, you don't need a load of time like I, I spoke about, you know, when we chatted to you then, you know, it's just pockets of time in your day just to yeah. give yourself time to pause, to to allow yourself to be present because we are in this situation at the moment where we're with our children all the time, which obviously brings different challenges and it, it can be very intense. <laughs> But also there's that lovely kind of chance to just be really present with them and enjoy nature, um, mm. enjoy baking. I'm a rubbish baker, by the way, but I've Me tried. <laughs> um, uh, some, some cooking and 
there's a little exercise in my book called Four Sticks where you, um, you choose four sticks and you place them in a sort of frame on the ground and say you're doing this outside, you might see a daisy, a leaf, a stick. Um, but you could, you could also adapt it inside with pens and you could make the square as big or as small as you like and it allows the children to really focus their attention on something um, which obviously helps improve their concentration. Mm. Um, and for us as adults, I suppose, getting back to nature and the simple uh, kind of mindful activities like nature, you know, we're, mm. we're all hearing that we're hearing the birds singing, but that all really does help to boost your mood. When yeah, the sun does, is shining, lockdown is much easier than when the sun yeah. isn't shining. And that's the same for children. I've heard so many people saying that you know they're they're going out more because ironically because they're doing they're, they're going on that one walk family walk a day and actually mm. you know even if they're just walking around their local park being around trees and nature and grass and really appreciating it because it is their one walk a day so it does feel like we're we're really appreciating nature way more than we were a few months ago. Yeah, and I've definitely found, um, I don't know about you whether this is the same for you, but when I've put my two to bed, so they sort of go to bed around the kind of seven o'clock mark, um, I can then often find myself ramping up in the evening because I'm suddenly, well, it's the only time in the day to myself. um, And I'm thinking of all the things... I would have liked to have done in the day (laughs) in the space of like two hours or work or things that I need to catch up on so I've actually found sleep much harder I don't know whether it's because I am a busier but b also um maybe just because we're not as stimulated maybe we're not as tired I'm not sure but I've found that doing mindful mindful exercises and kind of calming scripts in the evening has given me a chance to almost um, file my thoughts and given me space to think about everything and reflect. I've, I've definitely felt a lot more reflective and, you know, sort of thinking, mm, is this really what I want? And is this right for the family? You know, I, f- I feel like that gives me the time to really think and ask myself those questions where I would normally perhaps be dictated to by schedules and... Um, you know, a lot of technology and phones and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, in your book, you talk about this. You talk talk about how busy our routine is, and you know, we're dashing to nursery or school drop off and doing errands and doing some work and dashing back to collect the kids and doing mm. cooking dinner. And this has, like you said earlier, this has forced us all to slow down. And it'll be quite interesting to see what things we can try and hang on to once life speeds up a little bit. What do you think you'll try to keep going with? You know, what what element of this sort of slower nature do you think you'll try and hang on to? I think I won't feel as... I won't feel the same need to get out of the house with the children and that there's actually lots we can enjoy together slowly at home. Um, sometimes with the two children I'm like right got to get up got to get out you know we should be taking them here and doing this and doing that and enjoy the day yeah and and don't get me wrong like Kit especially he's basically like a dog that needs to get out and be exercised (laughs) but um and there is that element of that and of course I will can't wait for that kind of sense of freedom for that but but equally not to feel 
so so much pressure and to be able to sit in nothing time a little bit more yeah. comfortably yeah that's so true in fact I, I was chatting to my friend about something similar the other day and I said to her that the one thing that I really kind of learned about myself during this period is that I put pressure on myself to enjoy the day and thinking back to like when I was a kid and my parents would say to me you know it's, it's a really lovely day out there you've got to get out and enjoy the sunshine enjoy the nice weather and mm. therefore I've got this kind of thing instilled in me where it's like you can't just sit indoors on a sunny day you've got to get out there and enjoy it mm. and actually you can't just sit in playing a board game on a sunny day you don't have to be out and going to a national trust or going for a picnic or doing mm. something really instagrammable do you know what I mean like that <laughs> yeah. real kind of like picture perfect family moment outdoors yeah and actually we can just be indoors just mm. spending time together and enjoying ourselves yeah and I think as well something else I've learned like a point you were saying earlier that actually an evening walk to myself is really um well it's a great bit of self-care that I would never have done before really um going for a walk with a friend yes you know rather than going for that coffee um yeah. which is obviously much needed as well but you know maybe <laughs> um you know maybe maybe going for a walk together and, and and then being able to talk you know it'll be so interesting to see how like genuinely how things change yeah as as things go back to normal so izzy thank you for this uh for this catch-up chat mindfulness for mums i genuinely think that if anyone's going to buy a book during lockdown it needs to be this one because it is there's never been a better time to be learning these techniques and the exercises that you've got and just discovering a bit more about what mindfulness can do and why it's important thanks alison i really hope that it supports people you know now and also beyond lockdown um and that it it feels like a it's holding your hand rather than something else you should be doing it's more that's to the thing isn't you. it you don't want yeah. to add more pressure on it's not a case of oh and here's another thing that you guys need to be doing yeah it really is a hand-holding exercise it's like actually yeah. no, this can support you and make everything else feel a bit easier it is and you know just be kind to yourselves just be really kind because this is really tough and you know we're in absolutely extreme circumstances at the moment and whatever you need to do in that moment just to be able to just be present and enjoy it you know and not worry too much about what you're going to do in five minutes time ten minutes time an hour tomorrow next week you know just take it day at a time step by step yeah brilliant yeah. Yeah. Izzy thank you so much thank you Alison thank you Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.